All right, guys, welcome back to the Raised Hunting Podcast. And today we are in the middle. And what we mean by that is we've actually had quite a few trips already out west with both. One was a uh, kind of fishing. a fishing, but I was talking about we were actually out there for vacation as well. So we were in Montana for vacation, then we were in Wyoming for fishing. And then Warren went straight from Wyoming to Colorado on a mule deer hunt. And then we're headed not tomorrow, but the next day, to New Mexico on an elk hunt. Easton is going to be elk hunting. Warren and I will be observers. So Warren I'm will be cameraman. running a cameraman. I will be observing and secondary cameraman. So I'll trade you, though. I'll be call. caller if you want to be cameraman. That's okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure that you would rather have me calling than running the camera. I agree. Doesn't bother me. All right. So anyhow, that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to talk a little about Western hunting and what we've experienced and how it's gone. And uh, I think Warren's got some, uh, uh, sh- what is it? Not Shopify, Spotify. Or and Apple. And Apple <laughs> review people. So I got it Words right. are hard today. Theo Words are hard and day. Weird Henry. You guys Weird rock. Henry. I'm not sure if, we, if I shouted out this one or not because it's been a while since we've done a podcast. So, uh, but appreciate you guys. You guys rock. And Rocky Recurve, Tennessee listener. Thoroughly enjoy the podcast. Bow hunt only, so I appreciate your bow hunting perspectives. Good, honest advice, and your laid-back format makes it enjoyable to listen to. Some podcasts get old, but you all have kept it interesting so far. Thank you, Rocky Recurve. So, uh, Apple, though, man, you guys are just... The Spotify people are... Their backs have got to hurt. They're going over to Apple, leaving reviews on <laughs> Apple for the Apple people, and then going back to listen to Spotify. So I feel uh, like it, wouldn't it be easier for you guys just to listen on Apple Podcasts if you're going on there to review it? Don't you be hating I'm on just They're curious. going an extra mile for I us. agree. I'm trying to see if I can cut out a I step I appreciate you guys. Uh, no, they're just trying to help us out. They're just, I know they are. And they're, we've got people on Spotify that leave a, podcast, a, a review every week. I thought you couldn't and, leave reviews on it. You can't apparently every week. They, they go to Apple to let us know they left one, <laughs> one every week. <laughs> That's my point, is they have to go to Apple to do it. I know Nick is one of them, yeah. But yeah, he, he just left an interesting one, too. I can't remember what he said. Uh, okay, so let's get into this, though. So appreciate you guys. Please, you know, we don't, we don't promote this any other way, so um, you guys are the only way that this gets out. The reviews really, really help, and sharing it with a buddy, if there's anything that you guys want to hear about, obviously, you know, always let us know. We've got a couple of your other topics in the queue that we're going to hit up here soon, but um, outside of that, just do us a huge favor and and share them and leave us a review, if you would, unless it's, unless it's less than five stars, and just keep it to yourself. Um, so... You guys are so lucky I didn't have a little bit more time. Oh, I can't imagine why. Because I was going to get my chef hat. Oh, my Lord. And I was going, and it's illegal. That's the only other reason that helped you guys, I think. It's illegal? I'm pretty sure it is. To have a chef hat? No. I was going to go kill uh, kill a couple crows. I don't know if crows are in season yet, so that might They're have been illegal. They're not in season yet. <laughs> See, that's why I didn't do it. I was going to get my chef hat, and I was going to come in here. And I was going to serve crows? you, you each. A full dish of crow and me is a half what a dish. It, is that of what it crow. was? Huh? Is that what the deal was? What deal? Wait, why? He's saying because, because we you said both. that he would not kill Yeah, us. that's On what I was saying. The deal were wrong. I want to say that there was money involved, but I'll take a crow instead. 
I don't remember there being money involved. I there just was no money involved. Ju- I don't think there was a crow involved either. So yeah. I don't think. No, it- it's the saying is that you're going to have to eat crow. crow. Gotcha. Okay. And What's that come each from? of you have to eat crow. And I have to eat a little crow because I'm the one that screwed it up. Humble pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do you remember I'm not giving him pie. That's do too you, good. Do you remember what your your prediction was for my Colorado hunt? I just think that I said it's going to be tough. To, to Dad predicted him. no shot. No shot. I predicted second week shot. Yeah, if it was but a you didn't, shot in yeah, the second you week. You didn't even make it to the second week. Well, I guess I don't even know if did you talk, you hunted into your second week, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I was, um, I was off by two days. Nick will need to go and get cuts of verbatim. Each of their <laughs> their. Hey, I'm owning up to mine. Pre- <laughs> yeah, we got everything's on air now. Yeah. Uh, I think you said that you didn't know if we'd even see a deer that was worth shooting. I think that might have been what your statement was. Could have been. Um, and I'll give you like day two. I was afraid that you might be right, <laughs> but I had once f- I had faith as long as you saw them. If you couldn't find him, I was like, yeah, he's going to have an interesting time. Well, I had faith you'd see them, like, from the road. Like, you'd see them in places where you couldn't hunt and stuff like that. Right. But not – But I, I just know that if you give you enough time with something, you're going to you're gonna kill something. Stubborn at the death. But, I, yeah, you got me on days. You got me earlier than what I was anticipating. So we did end up getting a shot day four. Um, and then, unfortunately, I screwed it up, and I hit the deer too high. Um and he was, uh, according to Ike, he said like low 60s. I don't know. He's I didn't, tall. Did not think the deer was that big. And in velvet. Yeah, full velvet. Um, he was. So I maybe guess, you might ought to back you, up and explain to everyone what you did. I mean, I, yes, you went mule deer hunting, but I mean, you didn't go with an outfitter. Yeah. You know, it was just kind of a random picked a picked a zone and said, I'm going to go see if I can kill an antelope here. I mean, a, a mule deer. Yeah, so I got a tag in Colorado for mule deer, archery tag, and really didn't know much about the unit. It was one of the only ones available, so picked it up. And the first thing, when when Nick and I initially drove into the unit, I was like, oh, God, I really screwed up. Because, I mean, you needed freaking, you needed rope equipment. Like, this stuff was straight up. And, um, And so then I was a little bit like, nervous about it um but anyways as we continued on then it's really weird because you go from super super steep mountain goat sheep country to like kind of lower country more rolling stuff but the problem with that stuff was you couldn't really glass anything and the only way i've ever hunted mule deer was we always you were glassing them and honestly it was more times when we were elk hunting that i would just that we'd see deer um so really by the the first day nick and i did a little scouting and we Everybody was telling us you need to stay up high, stay up high. Um, it so, was pretty warm while you were there, too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was warm. Yeah, It was nice. You know, in the mornings, it's 42 to 46. And so we ended up the first day scouting. We had one day to scout, and we ended up at, like, 12,000 or 13,000 feet and found some deer, found a couple bucks. And nothing big, but we're like, okay, this is sweet. And so then the next day, we went back to that same spot, the which was opening day, and um, saw a few deer, had one deer that we called backup buck, which now <laughs> looking at, looking at him, I wouldn't even shot him as a backup buck. He's probably 120 some inch deer. 
you know, but for Nick, all mule deer are monsters right now because they got frames. For Nick, you know? it's uh, any deer is a well, monster. If you haven't been around mule deer, you could be pretty deceived. Oh yeah, even yeah, the small the ones have big frames. Right. Um, Typically, I mean. Yeah. So, anyways, I, you know, first day we're kind of gung ho, but at the same time, you walk like a hundred yards and you're sucking wind, even if you are in shape. No I think, oxygen. Yeah, it's so high. So we did six miles on that first day, and and really, I was thinking that. As long as we walked enough and sat down and glassed really well, we would be able to find a deer bedded somewhere. And that didn't happen. We couldn't find deer no matter what. Then we got far enough back that at one point I was like, we can't we can't go any further because if we kill one back here somewhere, it will take us forever to get it out. And even if we find one at back here in this this place, it's going to making a stock on it would be impossible today. You know, you'd have to You'd tomorrow. have to come back and try and find that deer. So, anyways, long story short. Or pop a squad out in the woods, take a, take a nap. Well, you, that could be one way that you would need to hunt that area. Carrying a tent be, with the You need stuff. to be packing, yeah, your stuff. But that would be the only thing I'd be a little concerned about. Like, you need somebody to be able to call or something when you do kill one. Bringing your frame packs and stuff or something. Or to be able to take it to the nearest road or something, because you could easily end up 15, 20 miles from anything. Yeah. Um. So... Then we tried finding deer in some. We actually got pulled over by a cop on a four wheeler. So I guess you can't drive four wheelers on county. You roads were on in the four wheeler, not the cop was on. The I was on the four wheeler, yes. And um, you know, anyways, Doesn't make any sense to me. Smoothed him it. up, and he gave us all kinds of information and everything else, which, in my opinion, ended up being terrible information. So hopefully, he, really doesn't hope that he does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he like, appreciates you letting him off with a warning, but. <laughs> Yeah, by the What's end of funny it, it was is, so much for the information. Here's your ticket. Yeah, no crap. <laughs> <laughs> by the end of it, it was pretty one-sided. He's like, "Where'd you see those elk again?" And I'm sending him flipping waypoints, you know. And uh, so, anyways, so then we went and checked out some of those spots, and and we just could not find deer there. And so then finally, Nick and I were like, "Okay, well, let's just go back and try where the the only place that we've seen stuff was at this." super high country type 11,000, 12,000 plus feet. I'm like, let's just go back to that and see if we can find anything. Um, and then, so that's what we did. The next day we went back and then um, we went and just found a couple spots on the map that were really high that kind of resembled where we'd seen some of the other deer. And I was like, let's just go in and look at that. Cause like Ike and Eastman and some of those other guys are telling us, you know, um, that they don't go very far, that the mule deer pretty much when they're in velvet still with their bachelor groups, they stay there. So I'm thinking, well, we don't need to go back to that other spot because I know what's there, and there's not anything that's worth right. shooting. Yeah. So we're going into this first spot, and then Nick's like, there's an elk. Everything stayed on the right side. Everything was on the passenger side the whole flipping time. <laughs> and so then and then he's looking, he's like, oh, there's some mule deer. He's like, no, there's sheep. And so we're looking at bighorn sheep and then a bull elk, you know, in the same frame. Just hanging out. Yeah. And then we go up further and we get to the end of this thing and then we see deer everywhere. And I was like, holy shit, there is animals here. <laughs> like we were finding a lot of deer. And uh, so, but that was in an afternoon because we, oh, that's what it was. That we burned the second day. Nick and I did a 13. I couldn't track it on Onyx because my phone was starting to die. So it was 13 to 15 miles that we did. And it was terrible. Absolutely <laughs> a awful. It's a lot, a lot. It was a lot. Like, I wouldn't have made it and left the last 
two or three miles if I had if the truck wasn't any further because it was like you came up over the mountain and it was actually still over one other mountainside, you know, and so I'm doing like the Timmy Tom shuffle all pissed off for two and a half miles. <laughs> so well, you didn't have a choice though. What else are you going to do? That's exactly what I told Nick. I was like, I don't know if this is really pushing yourself or it's just a matter of you burned the I'm boats. screwed. I've yeah. got no point. I've got, there's no, no other option here. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I even looked at my pack. I was like, ah, I don't have enough stuff to make it overnight. Nick's sitting there thinking <laughs> how much money would I have to spend or how long would I have to make payments on calling the nine one one button on the GPS? <laughs> <laughs> It might put me in debt for a couple years, but... <laughs> well, and the reason we did that is because that was more open country. And so I figured if we walked far enough and See glassed something. these canyons, yeah, because you could glass them pretty well, that we were we would find a deer. And when we didn't find a deer, then I was just really agitated. Um, that's when we have a video of me throwing rocks at Colorado at the ground <laughs> saying, screw you, Colorado. I'm sure that really <laughs> made a difference. But anyway, so then once we started finding deer and finding deer consistently. So then he, Nick and I went back the next morning, and we found probably 25, 30 deer, and so, which was a lot considering what we'd been dealing with. And what we learned was, one, those deer, in you only have the morning and the afternoon because once they bed down in that buck brush stuff, you can't Thank see you. them. Um, you can't see them at all. They just disappear. And so then we finally... That, so we spent a morning there because we didn't know if there was a buck there or anything yet. And so we kind of burnt a morning, honestly. And uh, no, actually, that's that's that was the day we got shot. So now we got to day four. Day three was when we found the place. Day four morning, we spent the same same amount of time in that in that same area glassing because I figured there may have been bucks that we hadn't seen. And then we didn't see anything by like 9.30 or 10. And so at that point, then we walked up the road. Um, or this was really not a road, it was a trail. Walked up this trail about a mile and a half or two miles and sat up on this peak. I mean, we're like 13,000 feet. And I'd sat down and I told Nick, I said, holy crap, you're not going to believe this. And the like the very first thing that I sat down and looked at your spot and scope, there was a shooter buck. And I, was, I couldn't believe it. And then the other thing was these two stupid deer, like they really just pissed me off. Because there's these three deer on a flipping cliff like i'm not even you like it's just a a straight up cliff and nick's like are those sheep and i said no they're deer (laughs) they're freaking mule deer and i was like if they go up there and so he's down below them so i'm like yelling at him through the spot and scope every time he like starts walking that way i'm like no don't you do that don't do that because like there's no way you're killing these deer yeah no way like you got to go up on top of the moon first before you can even <laughs> consider stalking these things. Um, and uh, so fortunately, though, then they decided they all were going to come off that mountain. And they were just running around all goofy. And so we watched this buck, and he didn't bed down till 1 o'clock. Just for like three hours, just walking around everything. And I'm like, we might not, we might be waiting here till tomorrow just because this deer's not going to bed. And then he finally bedded, and I told Nick, and he's like, okay, are we going? Are we going? I was like, no, not yet, because we're going to give this deer make sure he 30, stays. 40 minutes at least, yeah, to make sure that he does not move, move on us. And uh, so we made it till 2, and he stayed in the same spot. And I said, okay, now we, now we can go, and we need, to try to, we need to try to beat feet over there. And he was a mile away. And so really, I mean, it was to get to him was probably about a mile and a half, and it's just – just was treacherous, like super freaking steep. I mean, we were pretty much, the last 300 yards was basically 
you so, can see the video, hands crawling. What? How did you mark where he was? What? What, how, what was your? Did you besides just his antlers? Well, there we were fortunate that there was a. The it was that's what I was telling. I think I was telling you guys it was so weird. It was like almost high fence hunting, because you'd go, you'd find these bowls, and then the mountains would make a bowl, and it was so steep. They couldn't go up there. I don't think they could. I, there's a few places like they could probably if they really wanted to, but I don't, I don't really know why they would. But most places they they could not just it was go one way in or out. Yeah, like they would had they'd have to be selective on where they were going to be. So it was kind of like whatever was in your drainage was there, and if they were up, you know, at the last twelve thousand, thirteen thousand feet of elevation, there's no trees, so you could pretty well see everything but there was there was cuts and rocks and things like that and um so and then this buck brush is what we ended up learning that they they lay down that stuff and you're not seeing them um so this was there was a little mount it was a mini mountain is what we kept calling it because it was still a flipping mountain but it was smaller than the other ones and it just came up to this perfect peak and i thought that he was i told nick i thought he was 80 to 100 yards off of that peak he ended up being 36 yards off the top of that peak. Uh, but I was guessing because it was so far away that it was further than I thought. And then we had a rock that we called that he was laying under. We decided we called it 1 o'clock rock because it was faced right at 1 o'clock. And a lot of it did look the same. And so as we were off going off the mountain, I know we have that on video. I told Nick, I said, I wish I had a phone a friend and could ask to call Dad. Oh. No, I wanted to call Dad because the problem was – our wind was supposed to be west or something like that. Where we were sitting, it was it was like dead north. And then we get halfway off the mountain, and now it's west. And then I knew, mini mountain, and then it was a big mountain, that that wind was going to like probably split one of the two directions. And I just hunted with him enough to know that he'd be able to like, look at that probably and say it's probably going to do this or it's probably going to do that. And I needed yeah. to know that information. Because that was going to dictate whether we tried to come around the front face the, on this right. on this deer, or if we came around the back, and uh, so we just took our time over there. And I mean, there's that's why you got to be really. I think you just got to learn as much as you can and not trust that wind sometimes. Because like in the bottom, when I would check the wind, it was going right to him, and so like dead to him. But I was like, I'm confident that wind's got to be doing something different up there. So we got. So now him and I have huffed and puffed, and we made it. We made it to Mini Mountain in I think an hour or an hour and a half, about an hour and a half. And so then we said, okay, let's we're, we'll drop our packs here, just because it was so much more stuff and and so much more difficult. And to you walk. think you're how close to him at this point? Three hundred yards. Oh, okay. Three to four hundred yards if he's on the. And so then we went about halfway up the face of it, and the wind had decided it was going to commit, which is was basically dead south. Was the direction which happened to be perfect for was absolutely money, right? Perfect, and uh, but it was also the complete opposite direction of anything else we'd had yet, which I'm sure was because of the way the mountain mm-hmm. laid. And so, anyways, we went around the back and um, and we come right up over the top. And I mean, I wasn't at the top for more than 26 seconds probably, and I see his antlers, and then I and I realized right away too that he's not 80 yards. You know, he's right here. And I was like, holy, shit. the fact that all of it. And I also knew, though, too, he wasn't, he wasn't bedded. 
because there's no way I could have seen his antlers. Yeah. And so then I grabbed Nick and pulled Nick over to the right side of me. And then we both peeked up. And then I, and then, so like I was missing him for a second because he was standing right there feeding. And so then I was able to see that he was feeding and I got a range on him at 36 yards and, um, and took my time and everything and, but hit him. He, he ducked pretty hard, but I freaking hit him high. And, uh, so then he actually walked, ran out, watched him run out for probably three quarters of a mile or a mile. And I actually managed to stalk him again. Cause I, at this point, I'm not sure what the hit was. I thought, obviously I knew he wasn't, wasn't double long. He wasn't dead, right. but I felt like it could be at least one lung. Right. There was quite a bit of blood and, um, and just where the arrow was. So got, got out there to him again, got close again. Cause he bedded down and, uh, and trying to find him, and then he stand. He must have stood up, and that was where I really got screwed because I had him at I had him at thirty six yards exactly again. So I got him at thirty six yards, and he's like, and he, and then he's moving his head. But I felt like I was like, is he freaking walking? And is what it was. He was, but the buck brush was so tall that it was that he was standing up and walking, and I thought he was bedded. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. He's freaking up. And so I needed him to take, and I'm trying, obviously he's a wounded deer, so I'm doing everything I can to try to find a hole to put an arrow through. And it was so thick, there was no way. I could have shot, I think, and it would have it had been just flat irresponsible. But I was hoping he needed like three more steps. If he came out three more steps, I would be able to put one in his chest for sure. And he must have turned at that point. And so then I wasn't sure where he went, so I just kind of tried to trot up and sneak up to the, edge and then he there he is and he trots out at 60 so i ranged him and hit him at 60 and his like half of his body was covered but i was you know i'm just trying to do the best that i could to recover a wounded animal and so um i went to 60 and i came to full draw and i put it on his nose and then moved over because i couldn't see his entire chest and then so i'm basically i know the shot is clear but the I couldn't see it all, and so I'm trying to guess basically where his vitals are, and I squeezed it off, and I think I'm pretty sure I hit him in the exact same hole as the first one. Um, and so the reason I'm telling everybody on the podcast too is just because I do think it's important for us to be honest and tell people what happened and um, not act like we don't have this stuff happen too. Now, right. I'll be honest, I don't have this happen very often, so it's not like well, this is a, a regular thing. You- since but, you had a wounded animal in a hot minute. Yeah. A big mean, game, at least. Yeah. it's We just don't count turkeys. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> yeah, turkeys can be bad. But so anyways, then Nick and I ended up looking for about two days and, and couldn't find him. And I'm quite, I'm I'm 98% sure that that deer is alive and fine. That's I mean, one of those sure situations hurts, where that's, uh, it feels wrong probably doing what you had to do on your second shot. But at the same time, you've wounded something and if you have the opportunity to get another arrow in it to help it expire quicker yeah do it properly uh that's about i mean for me that'd be the only situations where i will shoot another arrow at a distance well the only other that thing situation. too i knew yeah me too and the and the only thing i knew that i was taking into consideration is we could see so far i knew i'd be able to watch him for a long time and i was hoping that he that would help kill quicker, yeah, yeah, and he'd fall over or to be able to watch him bed again and then know, okay, you know, we've got two arrows in him and I think and be able, right in the morning we gotta be right there and, and hopefully be able to start there. But uh 
so that really really sucked and i and i felt terrible still feel do still do feel terrible but however i will say that the other 90 percent of the hunt i felt really good about because we learned a lot we went in with no idea and we managed to get a shot at what everybody else is telling me now is it was a pope and young mule deer and and that was the only stock we had the entire time but then we were able to take that information and we did go and just look for other deer and found more deer that would have been they weren't i don't know if there was one that was probably as big or bigger than the one i shot but uh, another deer that was a nice deer so i guess is all i'm saying is that we were able to take that information that we learned and replicate it and so if there was any lesson i could give anybody else on here is in my opinion there's a lot of people that think that what i did was stupid by just going somewhere random in colorado and and having to figure it out but in my opinion i you can read every forum you want you can ask people you can do whatever you want i think one 99 of people aren't 99 of people don't know what they're talking about so they may tell you oh there's no deer here or whatever while well, they weren't spending any time where the deer were or two they may it may be a really good spot so they're gonna tell you there's no deer here um and then your forums are that that kind of stuff is probably forums facebook social media is probably the worst place you go get information because nobody is going to be giving you honest info on there so Maybe it is stupid, but to me it wasn't because we were able to go somewhere, learn it, figure out a lot, found a spot, too, that we could probably go elk hunting and be pretty successful. So, to me, I think that on that kind of stuff, you you have you just have to go do it. Otherwise, you're never going to be able to learn and, and get the information you need to try to go and do any of those hunts that you want. Well, I'm sure that the listeners out there are probably wondering the same question that I am. So, if you had the opportunity to do it again... Would you go back next year to the same place? Um, no, because I would go back there again in like two or three years. Because what all I want right now is volume of stocks, meaning that I want to just go and stock a bunch of deer and get close to them. That's probably not ever going to be a place that you're going to go and stock. Be able to, it's not. I mean, even if you could find a shooter every day. You can only do one stock a day because it's just so big. Yeah. Um, you're not going to be able to go do two, three, four stocks. Not a chance. Uh, but in the future, yeah. But And I'd say that more of when I'm trying to kill a big deer. Uh, I think I could learn a lot more still, and I think that's where volume of stocks would help me. And then I would go back there when I, wanted, when I do want to try to kill 170, 80, 90-inch deer because I think that's one thing that I could definitely take the information I learned is – now I know the places to look, and if you had time, probably what I would do is I'd probably go three to four days before the season opened and do nothing but go to the, one of those spots, sit, glass. Go to another one, sit, glass. Go to another one, sit, glass. Because the problem is you burn a lot of hunting days because you can only have an afternoon or a morning because yeah. it's only while those deer are up that you can find them. So if you had three or four or five days, you, you might be better off having five days to find deer and two days to hunt. Yeah. Yeah, if you could locate Taking the time to three or four it. spots that you know there's a shooter buck in. Yes. And you know where to Especially go Especially if you're to. seeing them there consistently. Yep. yep. Well, and that's what, and I, I think it was probably correct because, like, according to Ike and them, that's what he was saying is that you, they, that early, they don't go anywhere. So once you found them, like, they're there. Um, and I do believe like the buck that I shot, I think that he was there the day before too. And that's why I really think he was there is because 
If he'd have been anywhere else, we would have seen him. So that's the only place that we couldn't see to. Yeah. So. Well, it sounds like it was a long hunt, but it was a learning lesson. Yeah, it, it's not a it's not a walk in the park hunt. I can promise you that. So I, I enjoy those hunts. I think more. The stories that come out of them is really good. Yeah. Well, I think what I mean, I think what's cool is the fact that you stuck to your guns and said you still wanted to get close. You know, we had talked about if you're going out west, you got to be able to shoot 60 yards just for an an initial shot or 80 or 100. Yep. And we just don't do that. You know, we just don't find the need to do that. We just have to get closer. And you did that. I mean, yep. um, the follow-up shot, I mean, I tell you right now, I got a 60-yard pin as well, and that's the only thing that I use it for is when I need to – I feel like I'm following something up. So, Well, I think that's what's important to look at right there is – so I just shot that deer at 36 yards, and we have it on video, and we're predicting that he ducked 6 to 8 inches. Eight inches. 50, 60, 70, 80 – like I mean, you're talking, it. yeah, he could he could do the disco at 80 before your arrow gets there half the time. <laughs> so it's pretty, that's where, that's where people don't understand. Our issue with the long range shooting is not your shooting ability. Well, it's one, amount of and, and I'll be 100% it. honest, it is your shooting ability because I'm just going to, I'll just be 100% blunt. 99.9% of you cannot shoot an arrow at 80 yards. And be within a four-inch group every single time. That and before you get mad at that statement, he just outed me too. So and me, and, yeah, I can't shoot that there's, either. There is very, close. very, 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 very few people, and th- and that means that you're not you're not warmed up. You know, you didn't get to shoot thirty arrows already, and your conditions are perfect, and everything else. <laughs> I mean, you you got. What? 30 arrows. You warm, get warmed up and shoot 30 arrows. By the time I shoot 30 arrows, I'm spent. Yeah, his shoulder's people, falling well, people off. People do that. Oh, I can shoot 80, and they've already shot 25 arrows, and they're right. warmed up and everything. And that's No, you, you need to walk out, and walk out cold and have your pack on and all of your hunting gear and everything else and your adrenaline pumping, and let's see you hit a softball at 80. Most of you, 99.9%, and I would be, I'd be willing to take that bet, are not hitting it. Um, so that outs almost everybody, but even then for those ones that can, it doesn't matter if you hit right where you're aiming, if the animal is able to move 12 inches before your arrow can get there. Yeah. It's too much stuff. That's a variable that you can't control. That is not going to benefit you Mm -hmm. in the long run. Yep. Well, and I would be really curious to see too, if some of that had to do with at that elevation, 12,500 feet or 13,000 feet, whatever we were at 80, I'm guessing, I think my bow may have been hitting a little high because of the lack of oxygen. Maybe maybe even an inch or two inches, right? But when you get out to 80, an inch or two inches at 36, at 80 yards, that's probably going to be more like six to seven inches. Did, did, I thought you shot when you were out there. Yeah, at 10,000 feet. Yeah. I didn't take a target up to <laughs> 12,500. Well, why not? Should have been yeah. packing your target out there, too, yeah. so you could practice. Mm, I guess. Well, I, so. so I will go on record and say I was wrong. You got a shot, and you did did good. I mean, it was a good buck and everything. So, thank you. I not, it's not very often that I. I <laughs> it's not I, very often that he admits he's wrong, that's but right. it is pretty often that he's wrong. He no, just doesn't I, admit it. I think I was wrong one other time. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Never mind. 
This is one of his worst dad jokes. All right. So now do we want to fast forward? Not that, or Do we have anything else to add to that? I'm sure there's a lot of people probably have a lot more questions on how you did it and where you went and, you know, how you tracked what you were doing. On X plays a huge role in everything that we do because it keeps you from – it, all the way from tracking to what you were doing so you weren't going back to the same place again if there wasn't some something there, marking stuff so you'd know where to find it. Onyx was the only reason that we found other deer because I was able to look at what we had found deer in and find things that replicated that on a map and, okay, marked that one. Right. So marked you were that using one. the 3D stuff? No, just the, top just the regular. Oh, just the top yeah. stuff? Yeah, I was like, okay, this is about the same elevation. Then you could see the, the difference like with the buck brush and – and pine, right? And so then I knew, okay, I found deer over here that were at 11,000-some feet, and it was all stuff like this. So that's what we found out, It basically, was that, and so that's what I ended up looking for on Onyx, is, is their buck brush here, because right. that is what the deer were living in, except for two. There was these two stupid bucks <laughs> at 13,800 feet on a cliff, like I told him, I yelled. I was yelling at him. I was like, "You, you guys are stupid. You're flipping <laughs> stupid." Like they, they were so high. If they'd have been a big buck, you couldn't shoot them. I mean, you could, but if you shot them, I guarantee you, their antlers. There would have been nothing when they got Smash. to the bottom. Yeah, and so we Wayland's for. We were just at the <laughs> other <Mitchell> side <laughs> of the ridge, looking at a mountain goat at fourteen thousand feet, and that and that stupid thing was not okay with being at thirteen thousand nine hundred and ninety-five feet. So he literally, like, Walked while we're there, walks top. up to the very peak and stands on the tallest rock, like, just to say, <laughs> like, it was, I was like, I told him, I was like, you watch it. Look, this stupid freaking goat is going to go up to the very tippy top just to, just for fun, just to do it. And he freaking does. You know, sounds like a Warren mountain goat. A dumb one. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was a dumb mountain goat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, well, we better move on to the next part of this because the next part is, I, I, I guess, if we're going to make predictions on his hunt, are we making predictions on yours? No, I'm not making a single prediction. <laughs> <laughs> that was said with sheer terror yeah, in No, your voice. I'm not doing that. I'm predicting he kills a spike. A spike? A one-antlered spike. I'm saying raghorn. I'm saying raghorn. On a scale of, <laughs> scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for the hunt? 12, 15. 12, 15. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's his first elk hunt. I'm, 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 I would say I'm just as excited for this evening taking a young kid that's never deer hunted for the first time. I, I, I can remember what it's Man, like. I appreciate that. <laughs> what? Nothing. I'm just saying that I can remember what it's like for someone to do something for the first time. And I think that when he is there, and yes, Easton has been and heard elk bugle and stuff like that. But you were a little kid, you know. You weren't hunting. You've never hunted them. What you, is your point? I know that. My point is, is when he's asking, "How excited are you?" I'm like, "It's gonna be so much fun for you that I'm super excited for you." I was more so saying that you are just as excited for taking a kid that's not your kid. No, on I'm a whitetail hunt for your I, own kids, elk hunting, first ever elk hunting experience. I'm saying that <laughs> it's I'm all e- good. I'm excited. I get for where both. I lay. It's <laughs> whatever. How, what is yours? Like a seven. A seven? Yeah. Why? Why three? Because there's deduction. quite a few points in there that are pulling away from the excitement of nervousness. <laughs> like what? 
you like know five or six points of nervousness that's pulling away from the extra it, three. He's, he's, contributes he's, to do you remember the movie Armageddon when the dude is talking about, okay, so I'm like 70% excited and 30% scared out of my mind. No, maybe it's more like I'm 30% scared out. I mean, 70% scared out of my mind and 30% excited. He doesn't know which it is when they're getting ready to take off in a rocket. And so that's that, pretty accurate. That's where he's coming from is that yeah. he's trying to like take all that excitement and all that and go, okay, just chill. Just buying the tags today was a, it made it set in. That's really a hundred percent excitement then. No, well, hey. there's a lot of nervousness in there and that's two different feelings. I can assure you on that one. I, this is the first day I won't have shot my bow in probably the past month. I've shot every day. That's good. That is really good. I think that ideally, to me, ideally, you kill on the fourth day <laughs> in the morning. Because then that means, but that the that first three outcome. days, we get to, like, get into elk. You know, and we're finding elk and bugling and calling to them, and they're, react, and they're interacting with us and that stuff. And then we have a few close calls, and that builds up the anticipation. And <laughs> oh, then yeah. that, That's exactly what you want. Yes, that's no. what I want. Yeah, the worst does. thing that could happen, the absolute not worst thing that could happen. 350 bull comes running in the very first time you, and here he comes and he's standing there. I would quite possibly pass him. And No, you wouldn't. I'm just thinking I would never go anywhere from there. Well, it's I, like I'm going to kill a bigger bull. I can tell you right now, Lake, Lake Pickle, last year I was filming him at the place where we're going, and, and that happened. The first bull he killed a three fifty. No, he didn't because of me. Because filming wise, I couldn't get on the bull. He was like there now. It was a three fifty. No, but it was the biggest bull that we had called in all week. So Being three twenty. Three three twenty plus. Was that his first bull? No, he's killed elk before. You, I okay. mean, I mean, yeah. So he, I mean, he had killed elk before. So he wasn't. I mean, like totally. But it was like a slam dunk deal. He walked out and he walked out, saw us, and then did one of those peel things. And he cow called and stopped him. And he's standing there like twenty eight yards, you know. And but the when he came in, I wasn't ready with the camera when they started calling. That's what got it. And then next thing I know, he says, "I see his feet." And I and when the cameraman doesn't see him at all, and they're coming through big brush, it wasn't like we were in anything open, you know. I'm like, where? Is, next thing I know, he's standing. 17 yards away yeah and i'm like whoosh, you know and, and and so i had to make the call do i let him shoot and i told him no and and when we went back and looked at the footage i was glad i told him no because it was blurry it wasn't yeah that's focused. what i think i'm doing the worst thing you could do is kill on the first day because that means i'm just telling you right we're now, not going to get to elk hunt much and that would just I crush think, my soul i think well enough in the view of a cameraman's eyes that if you're telling me no when i know dang well that you're on that bull I'm shooting. I'm like I don't this. care if it's the first two minutes. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on him. <laughs> oh my gosh. And my other hand I'm like run out. Run. <laughs> Come well, back in three days. It's gonna be an interesting time. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. It's gonna be Although blast. I don't have an elk call. Yes, you do. We I just have got three today. You got three today. Well, I you can use them. I was like, I'm going to use those. I need a die for I have some at the house. I just didn't know. That I thought they were coming, so I didn't know that I needed to bring oh you boy. a bring most That means I've got one hours day to get. <laughs> you guys are going to hate that car. Hate that car. I'm bringing ride. headphones. Oh, boy. So we, Yeah, Warren asked me for my out call the other day, and I did a really good one. I said, I just don't even need a diaphragm call. Yeah. Yeah, you do that for the first three days. We'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a little something like, Eeyum. 
Yeah. You might get one of the sticks. Like, what, what the, the flip is that? <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna feel bad oh. for you. Hey, there's no, something there's wrong no with way. this human over here. You guys might want to check on this one. If I do that, I, there's no way I'm shooting because I'll laugh too hard. <laughs> I'll be laughing way too hard. I'm not doing that. I doubt it. All right. Well, Warren's wacky fact. Sure. In 2016, Domino's tested pizza delivery via reindeer in Japan. Like behind a sled or something? Yes. Why? <laughs> I don't Out of all the know. other animals they could have used, why that? I don't they know. They had some. They had some local. <laughs> Maybe they thought it was going to have like a Santa effect and people would buy more or something. I don't know. That could but be a good I marketing ploy. I would have applied for that job. But just think about it, though. You could sell, uh, see if people get more deliveries by making Santa Claus deliver it. I didn't know. Your kids would love it. Their kids would be like, I didn't know Santa worked for Domino's. Yeah, I didn't even know Japan had reindeer. I didn't even know Japan had Domino's. Yeah, that's a good point, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the fact that you just yes. wanted to let people know that. I thought that was a good one. I think it's it's out there. Could you imagine Could you imagine Pizza Hut no. pulling up with a horse and buggy? You know, I, you that, probably could just because there's Amish people well, around. Well, just you know what's really funny is yesterday I was at Baumgars and there was an Amish fellow came out of Baumgars, right? And he walks over and there's a trailer hooked to a truck, and he has a bunch of bags of feed and he throws all those bags of feed in the back of the trailer, and he goes around and gets in the passenger side. What do you think that truck is hauling? Horses. A buggy. Oh. <laughs> the buggy is in the back, and so but so I don't understand. Neither does Marshawn Lynch. Oh, I, Lord. I need to find his TV show. They have these cuts of his on, of him <laughs> on social media where they send Marshawn Lynch to an Amish farm. Okay? So, <laughs> so Marshawn's riding in this buggy with him and stuff, and they get to the barn where they're going to milk cows. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not doing that, you know? And so then this Amish lady turns on a light, and it's like a, you know, like a DeWalt battery that is, um, you know, it's got just a switch. Right. And Marshawn looks at her and he's like, that's electricity. And she says, it's wireless. And he's like, you Amish people are cutting corners. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, yeah, teach me your tax ways. Yeah, no crap. That would be you the way to go. one figured out for sure. I, w- I need to see Marshawn milk a cow. That's got to be that's freaking hilarious. That's kind of an odd thing for you to want to watch him do. Just his reaction, you know, is going to be 10 out of 10. That's funny. Okay. All right. It would be funny. So <laughs> we're going to wrap this up today. That So Warren <laughs> went on a successful, although non-successful, mule deer hunt in Colorado. And you'll, you guys will be able to see that. With that. We'll be building an episode out of that. It's it, There's a lot of footage, a lot of pretty footage. One thing about Colorado, it doesn't disappoint when it comes to the scenery. One one note that we should mention, not, yes, they're a sponsor, but it would just flat floored me, was your guys' camouflage out there. Yeah. It was freaking crazy. There one picture you sent and said, can you guys see Nick? Yeah. If it wasn't for Nick's, the bottom of Nick's, Nick's feet. boots, yeah. I would not have seen him. Yeah, which was the Huntworth camo. Yeah, yeah I try. I even told That's him. That's the I was turning like, one I've told him. I was like, about. Nick, put your feet down. Like, try to put your boot, your feet down, you know? And he couldn't get his feet down any further because I, I thought the same thing. I was like, I don't think I can take this photo. And, and it's not like I was taking the photo where it was a million miles away or, or anything like that. Or edited or anything. 
right. yeah. snapped just, a picture. Yeah, it was cool. So, anyhow, I just that was just a note that came to mind that I thought of from out there. And then uh, the next time that we talk to you guys, we will have been to New Mexico on Easton's elk hunt. So we will. And I was just kidding about the spike. That's not my official. Uh, my my official. Can you shoot a spike there? I don't know if you can or not. Whoa, there's restrictions on what we can and can't. I thought you guys were just being be. mean. No, there might be stuff you can't kill. We'll ask them. I was in the mindset that I will shoot a spike. I don't think so. I'm not saying that you weren't in the mindset. I agree. <laughs> but I'm not telling you that you can. I don't know the law right now. We have 13 hours to figure all that out before we get out there. So, What's but, your real prediction? I don't want to hear it, actually. Okay. Well, Keep it to myself. Do you want to do it for the, for the, for the viewers? What? His real prediction. Sure, I gave you got mine. Okay. Easton's covering his ears. Easton's covering his ears so that I can make a prediction because I do predict that he'll kill a decent bull. I mean, and what I mean by that, it'll be a five or six. I've seen some good five-point bulls out there that could still be in that 270 range. I mean, it'll be around the Pope and Young mark, I think. Yeah, that's... If we do our, if we do everything right that we're supposed to do, we'll have an opportunity at something like that. And it could be bigger. could be a little smaller. Either one, I think, will be just fine with it. Yeah. Good with me. All right. Okay, you're you good. You're good. Oh, so you heard all of it. No, I heard you yell. I didn't yell. I can't believe you had me on the ground. I heard it. <laughs> I louder in my head. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate the reviews. We appreciate you guys commenting on what some of the topics are. Um, a lot of our topics right now are going to be based on what's going on at the time. So we apologize if we haven't gotten to your topic right away, but we'll, they're not lost. They're just stockpiled. Um, but other than that, man, uh, what are we, 10 days? Roughly 12 days. Well, there's 31 days in September, isn't there? 30. 30 from our opening day? Yeah, so we're 12, 12 yeah, days 12 from days. October 1st. I know some of the states have already opened, so hunting season's here. I yeah. mean, western states have already started. And, well, we're um, technically there, too. I mean, we're taking that taking the kid youth out Youth season afternoon. here yeah. in Iowa started on Saturday. So, yeah. Um, so, welcome to hunting season. This is when it really gets fun. Thank you guys for tuning in. From the Raised Hunting crew, we're out.